Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. We have got a massive two hours coming up of football here on ESPN LA 710. It's Soccer Weekly for the next hour, and then I'll be joined by Mike Trudell in Soccer Tonight here on ESPN LA 710. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly is sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life, drink good beer. What's on tap? El Tree. Whoa, what a day in the World Cup for Mexico and their fans and for everybody in that group. Groups E and F determined who were moving on to the round of 16. We'll talk a lot about that. We've got so much more to get to. Some LAFC stuff going on, as always. And uh, also got some injury reports to talk about. Take a look at uh, what's going on with the newest signing for Los Angeles Football Club. But it's really about L Tree, by and large, certainly. That is a huge story here in Southern California and around the world. Mexico qualify and get through to the knockout stage after uh, still getting drubbed by Sweden, and it was an ugly game, a 3-0 loss to Sweden, but Korea Republic does the damage late against Germany, a couple of stoppage time goals, and they move on, uh, Mexico does, and Germany is going home. The defending champion is out. There's so much to talk about with L3 fans here. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. Yes, Roosevelt, what a day it was. You're absolutely right on uh, on uh, Twitter, Roosevelt tweeting in, and you got that right, man. It was an absolutely crazy day, and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier, it seems. Each and every day we've seen so much of this going on in these third and final group stage games. And, oh, by the way, tomorrow's game is going to be nuts as well, especially in Group H. Group G is settled in terms of who's going through. Panama and Tunisia will uh, basically just look for each country's first win of the World Cup here in this particular World Cup, Panama's first ever, they hope. And, of course, Group G will be settled in terms of first and second in that England-Belgium match. But really, so much to talk about with Mexico. Let's jump right in. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776, the number for you to get involved. As we are talking about Mexico, Juan Carlos Osorio basically came out and said, they, uh, yeah, they messed around with the lineup in terms of the formation. What are you doing? Really, what are you doing there? Sometimes, look, I understand teams have to face a certain opponent a certain way. Yes, there are adjustments to be made all the time, even in-game, of course, minute by minute. But you really... There was no main way to maintain pressure offensively when JCO went to a four-man back line. Stranded the offense. And why do coaches get too fancy? Now, he's been great up until this game. Make no mistake. He had a, He's had a great tournament up until today, and it nearly cost Mexico a trip to the round of 16, and maybe further. And it certainly cost them the group in terms of winning the group because Sweden was ready. And the Swedes just put all the pressure on essentially gave no offense, no support, no lifeline to Carlos Vela and Chicharito and Chucky. They were left alone. They were stranded, essentially, up front. Got to talk about that. Absolutely. Got to talk about some individual performances. And look, I thought Andres Andres Guardado was great in the first two games. He was lost in this game. Miguel Ayun, I have not thought has played well. Uh, remember, I, I tweeted out a few a few games ago or a game ago. It seemed like Miguel Ayun was allergic to the net. Well, this game he was just absolutely lost. Just did not have a good game. And Ayun has skills, but it seems like there's a lot of times 
he's basically 1585. And my point being, 15% of the time, look out. He's His skills come to the top. He's ready. He's willing. He's engaged. He looks great 15% of the time. The other 85% of the time, uh-oh, he's a liability. And Sweden ran up and down his wing. Their left, his, of course, being the right wing. Up and down. Sweden was fantastic. Make no mistake. But it was ridiculous the performances some of the some of the Mexican L tree some of the Mexican team put forth. Oh. Wow. Let's go to the phones. 877-710-ESPN. Or you can hit me up on Twitter. We'll take your tweets about it. L Tree and what in the world happened with L Tree at uh, at Talk Soccer. Hit me up there as well. And uh, let's go to Raul from Ontario. Raul, you're first up tonight on Soccer Weekly. Welcome, Raul. Thank you for taking my call. Well, today we saw the back to reality for Mexico. Um, you know, that team that they played today, Sweden. You know, they, they eliminated Netherlands. They eliminated Italy. World Cup qualifying in Europe. That was a real strong team. They couldn't compete with them. They, Germany was an easy team. They're just a bad team. Yeah, Germany was overmatched in, in a lot of ways. And, and, and I said before the tournament, I thought they were slightly overrated. I didn't think they'd be this bad, Roel. But you're right. Look, here's what happens after three games. These things shake out. You know what I mean? We saw what happens. These things shake out after three full games. And I, I'll say this, Roel, and I, I take to your point to, to lead to my next point about Mexico and El Tri. Mexico deserves to be in the round of 16. And they, this whole notion that, oh, they only advance because of South Korea, as if we're going to rewrite this World Cup, that's wrong. There are three games in the group stage. They all count equally. Yeah, we remember the last one, and we saw what Sweden did to them. Well, Raul's right. Sweden's pretty good, as it turns out. But to say, oh, they, Mexico only advanced because of South Korea, that's wrong. Mexico beat Germany. Mexico beat South Korea. I mean, these games are not forgotten, are they? That's ridiculous. Um, well, now they got Brazil. Yeah, well, look, I mean, it's going to be a tough road now. But realistically, it was going to be tough whether they played Brazil or uh, Switzerland, isn't it? I mean, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, Switzerland's darn good, yeah. too. So Mexico's going to have to play great, no doubt about it. But, you know, Brazil's beatable. I, I really believe that. I and mean, Brazil's my pick to win it all. But the more and more you watch this tournament, Raul, Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. The more and more you watch this tournament, you realize everybody's beatable. Come on. Because I still think Brazil can win and will win. I do. I'm sticking with my pick. I mean, they were my pre-tournament favorite, and I'm still going to stick with them. But everybody's beatable. There's nobody that's, you know, unbeatable or unstoppable in this tournament. Even even Belgium and all this. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. But for people to now come out, oh, Mexico doesn't deserve it. They got saved by some. Well, they also won two games. So flip the order if that makes you feel better. Who cares? You got to win games. But Germany, yikes. Hey, kudos to South Korea, right? You've got to give credit to South Korea just for the, the drive and determination when you're already out to not just wilt. And go away. And say what you will, Costa Rica did the same thing against Switzerland today. That was a good game. It was an absolutely fantastic game. And and I enjoyed it. I really did. I watched a lot of that. And you know what? Costa Rica got a goal. Kendall Waston, of course, plays in MLS. 
didn't it wasn't enough to hang on after getting another goal. They had the two one lead. Switzerland comes back, gets a late one, and look, Switzerland. Oh, I'm sorry, Summer scored the own goal late. That's what it was, and Jan Summer got hit off the back of the head. I mean, that was a great penalty by Brian Rees. It was like an inch above where the, the, it would have gone under the bar, but it ends up you know hitting off of Summer. It was a crazy finish after Dermich gave him the lead, but Josip Dermich and Switzerland, they're just hard to beat. I've been talking about it, talking about it for weeks. So I give Costa Rica a lot of credit for continuing the battle in that tournament, at least getting a point, scoring a couple of goals. Costa Rica certainly did not look terrible in that group by any means. Yeah, they they didn't deserve to move on. Neither did Serbia. Switzerland and Brazil were the best in that group. But it's not like Costa Rica looked awful by any means. That's ridiculous. Don't don't give me that. The Costa Rica battled without question. And again. Give them a little bit of credit. They're not good enough to go on this particular tournament, but they were nearly a semifinalist in 2014. This generation getting a little older, so yeah, it's probably time to move on. Let's go to Carlos on the 60 freeway. Carlos, welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's up, buddy? Hey, bud. I'm a big fan. I listen to your podcast when I go on my walk, nightly walk. Thank you, bud. Uh, so today's game was a fluke. They weren't concentrating, and after that first goal, they just they just let it go. All right, they they felt that they were going to advance regardless, and it showed in their play. But you know what? I'm not too worried. All right, they're definitely going to bounce back. They're going to bounce back against Brazil. They played very well against Brazil historically, so I feel that they're going to bring it, bring their A game, and just give it 100. Uh, percent Carlos, Monday. here's what I think, Carlos. Osorio cannot mess around too much, right? Get back to what works for this team. Okay, and I agree. You, you essentially have been thrown a lifeline because it could have gone the other way. Germany could have beaten South Korea in that game, of course, and you, you'd have been out, and it would have stung. So here's the thing. You're playing Brazil. Just take your chances. Go play. Who cares? If you lose, you lose. If Brazil's better than Mexico, so be it. You shake their hands afterwards, right? Just go play. Exactly. Don't, don't try to be looking to, to defend for 90 minutes. That's not the L3 way. Go out there and try to beat Brazil 4-0. Who cares if you lose? You know, and I, I'm with you. I totally agree. Yeah, you got to play the best to be the best. So this is their opportunity to show up. Well, that's another great point that Carlos makes. Thank you for the phone call. Thanks for listening, Carlos. He makes a good point. You got to beat the best if you want to win the tournament. So in other words, you still got to win plenty of games to get to the final. Whether you're Brazil or Mexico or France or whoever, go play. You're going to have to get through such a gauntlet anyway, right? 15 out of these 16 teams are going to go home disappointed. Go play. You lose to Brazil in the whatever. Stop worrying about this mythical, this this magical fifth game. If you're Mexico, go play to win the whole stinking thing. And that means beating Brazil first. Stop worrying about getting to the fifth game. Who cares? Go play, enjoy your football, and try to win the whole thing. And again, to do that, you got to win each game. Yeah, and Miguel, who uh, tweets in at... M. M. Medine eleven says, "I think uh, Mexico L three Mi Selección M X played not to lose, which has always been their Achilles heel. One hundred percent right from Miguel. They did. They set up the lo- not to lose, looking for the draw. No matter what they tell you, yeah, they were going forward a little bit. There was just no synchronicity with the offense. There was no gathering together offensively. Like there was no cohesion whatsoever. And Sweden, to their credit." Took advantage of that. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. 
or you can hit me up on Twitter at TalkSoccer. We continue the conversation here. Soccer Weekly, Dave Denholm and you hanging out on ESPN LA 710. Thank you, Steely Voiced Radio Man. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. Keep the uh, tweets coming in at TalkSoccer. You can follow me there. As we continue the conversation, or you can hit us up at 877-710-3776. Time out for the health report. It's uh, sponsored on Soccer Weekly by L.A. Care. As the nation's largest community-inspired health plan, L.A. Care is elevating health care in the City of Angels. L.A. Care for all of L.A. LACare.org. And if you care about injuries to key players around MLS, and it's actually pretty good for LAFC and L.A. Galaxy. We still have the Luis Lopez, the uh, broken uh, – the uh, Injury to the leg, the broken leg, and uh, he's still coming back slowly for LAFC, but otherwise pretty healthy for Bob Bradley's side. Same thing for the LA Galaxy, by and large. Sebastian Leggett, we remember, uh, he's still being listed on the MLS injury report, maybe questionable about with it a, a minor issue. So no major issues for the two teams. These teams are going to play this weekend as well. LAFC will take on Philadelphia Union. You'll hear it here on ESPN LA 710, 4.30 p.m. Pacific for the pregame. Looks like the Union are in pretty decent shape. Same thing with San Jose as the Cali Classico with Galaxy and San Jose take, goes on this weekend. So that is the LA Care injury report. Now, uh, a lot of people's feelings were injured when it comes to El Tree in the World Cup. We do have some other World Cup questions coming in as well at Talk Soccer and on the phones at 877-710-ESPN. Patrick, though, tweeted in, did the uh, referee kind of screw with Mexico early, less than a minute, a yellow card for a ticky-tack foul. Rest of the game, the ref was off on both sides. I thought it was a little harsh there. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, that was pretty crazy. That was one of the fastest yellow cards you're ever going to see on Gallardo. And uh, maybe the ref was trying to set a tone. I, I don't know. That's just too early for that. You know, give him a stern warning. If you if the referee felt it was yellow worthy that quick, even if he felt it, give him a stern warning, which is pretty much too early for that to begin with anyway. But you don't have to throw out the yellow that quickly. I mean, that was ridiculous. And, look, I don't think the referee had really anything to do with Mexico losing this game. I really don't. Now, I don't. I don't even think that's what Patrick is saying, certainly. Sweden fully deserved it. Uh, you know, Osorio comes out afterwards, talks about how he you know, they stranded the offense. I, I said he stranded the offense with the way he said he changed the tactics up a little bit too much. You've got to go with what got you there. You got Yeah, and that was the fastest. Mario Rees, my great producer, says fastest yellow card in, in World Cup history. I mean, that was absurd. But you have to go if you're L3. Go with what got you there and just win or lose with it and play Brazil like it's the World Cup final because it is. You got what four or five? You got four World Cup finals ahead of you. Go play, win each one, one at a time. Whatever cliche you want, but go play Brazil and and you know if you lose, shake their hands and wish them luck and just do it. Don't be backing down. Yanks call it soccer at YCIS, one of my faves, those podcasts. Thoughts on Belgium's chances, and then they ask, who te- whose tears will taste sweeter, Argentina's or Portugal's? <laughs> First on Belgium, look, their chances are great. I mean, this is a loaded team, without a doubt. But uh, here's where I think Belgium, I'm still not 100%. And I like, uh, look, I like their defensive players. I like Vertonghen. I like... Their defense. I'm not a hundred percent sold on them holding up defensively against the true, truly like good teams, truly great teams in this tournament. I'm not sure yet. Now I want to see a little bit more. I want to see them play England tough too. And let, realistically, the sad part is both of these teams, England and Belgium, don't really feel there's much of a a worry about the other group, even Colombia. 
That's at least that's how I feel about it. Like I, I believe England and Belgium are feeling pretty good about being on the you know part of the bracket with Group H. Although Colombia, I don't know, I don't know how either England or Belgium wants to play Colombia. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I, I got a feeling I am. So they're going to want to win that group potentially. And I, you know, to me, I want to see England come out or Belgium come out and really hold down a tough English team. That's a good match coming up in the late games in Group G tomorrow. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, or hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Whose tears will taste sweeter, uh, Yanks call it soccer, asks, Argentinas or Portugals? You know, it's weird. In a weird way, I've kind of looked at Argentina as kind of that sad puppy dog who kind of squeaked through, and I was starting to feel sorry for them on some level. I know that's weird, but, you know, I love Messi, first of all. I think he's great. And not that I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo. I think those are two of the best players we're ever going to see in our lifetime and the two best players in the immediate, you know, in our most recent lifetime. And I'm not, like, rooting for either one of them, realistically. I'm not, But I'm not rooting against either one. And I started to feel sorry for Argentina as bad as they are and as bad as they played. But I still didn't want, like, want them to beat Nigeria necessarily. I kind of was just, like, see what happens, you know? So I don't know that either one of them I'm going to feel that bad about if they lose, <laughs> quite frankly. I do have Argentina picked to go a long way. I got them losing in the final. So maybe on that level, I'm a little hopeful YCIS. But, you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to really sweat it either way, if I'm being honest. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Yeah, Joseph uh, tweeted in something that was pretty interesting. Did you guys see that meme floating around about the Simpsons? You know how the Simpsons always seem to predict? According to the uh, Joseph's meme here, the Simpsons, uh, you know, it's going around on the Internet and on, on Twitter, of course. Apparently they picked the 2018 World Cup final on a show a long time ago. You know how the Simpsons has been around for, good Lord, 20 years plus. And they said the 2018 World Cup final in one of the shows would be Mexico-Portugal. So <laughs> I did see that meme. That is kind of uh, hilarious. So, And you got at Canton Sports tweeting in the Argentina-Portugal in the quarters. It has to happen with a lot of the prayer uh, emojis. So good luck to that as well. So some great stuff coming in at Talk Soccer. You can hit me up there on Twitter. Let's go to the phones. James in L.A. James, you are next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's up, man? How's it going, man? I just I just want to mention I just love seeing the Korean fans and Mexico fans. You know, just interacting, bonding. You know, I I, I don't think I've ever seen that in any other sport. Well, leave it to leave it to Mexican fans to uh, to uh, cheer for someone else to save their bacon, a la Graham Zuzi, James. Come on, Mexico's yeah, got to start uh, doing it for themselves, <laughs> which they did. Hey, look, Mexico, James. In my opinion, Mexico fully deserves to go on. They won two games in their group. You know, I mean, oh, no it, doubt, no doubt. For sure. Played terrible, just, played terrible today, but hopefully they got it out of their system, James. You know, hopefully yeah. <laughs> they played awful and Sweden's a good team, but yeah, let's hope they got that out of their system in terms of playing that badly. Otherwise, Brazil's just going to lean into them. Great. James, what do you, uh, what are your th- assessment in terms of Juan Carlos Osorio kind of changing up the tactics again? You know, he's gotten that reputation and, I kind of thought he was a little bit over it, seeing the success they had in the first two games, and then he tinkers a lot, thinking it's the best option against Sweden. You know, okay, that's a, a coach's perspective, James, but I think they got to go back to what was working for them. Exactly. I think why 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 uh, fix something that's not broken? Ah, oh, 100%. Thank you so much for the phone call and for listening, James in L.A. Appreciate that. And, again, that's taking nothing away from Sweden. Fully deserved based on the effort that the uh, Swedes put forward. They deserve to win the group. 
I mean, realistically, Germany got lucky to get the three points against Sweden, if you really look at it. You want to talk about someone benefiting from something, 97th minute or whatever it was. Germany didn't play well in that match particularly. I think Sweden gave Germany a little too much credit. Sweden kind of had that fellow European country respect thing going for Germany, as good as Germany has been over the years, rightfully so. But I think realistically, Sweden just outplayed Germany in that game too. So Sweden, to their credit, I thought played three good games. Now, of course, again, Tony Cruz pulled it out with it a miracle at the end, and and it's not like Germany didn't deserve the three points on that level, but I thought Sweden was the best team in the group. And it's so great when, you know, look, we've been talking about it with Mike Trudell. We'll have that coming up on soccer tonight. Stick around if you love the beautiful game, even if you don't. If you're on the 405 and you hate soccer but you love good radio, that's why you listen to me every week. Right? Because I'm the best. Stick around. Mike Trudell and I have a soccer tonight. You're going to love that. I always love talking World Cup and soccer with Mike Trudell. That's coming up at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock here in Pacific time. And so, look, as I've been saying all tournament, it's always it's always interesting to kind of keep an eye through the whole three games. you got to let these things play out. Sometimes teams aren't as good as we thought. And sometimes there's some teams like Croatia that are better. They just are, and we didn't give them enough respect. Sweden's one of those, and Germany's one of those teams we overrated. I only said they were slightly overrated going into the tournament. I was even wrong about that. (laughs) Realistically, they weren't even that good. But it just all fell apart. And that's just the tournament. That's the beauty of this thing. But you got to let the three games play out, right? Because as good as we thought Colombia was battling Japan down a man and then having such a great performance against Poland, they could be gone tomorrow. They could be out, right? And as good as we thought some of these teams are going to be, they barely got through. Now we got to see how they do in the knockout stage, Mexico included. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Hit me up on Twitter. Follow me there, at TalkSoccer. Don't forget, all these shows are podcasted as well. Go to iTunes, look up Soccer Weekly. Even the Soccer Tonight shows are under the Soccer Weekly banner for Mike and I. On iTunes, subscribe, rate, review. Saw another one there. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, it all it all helps. We appreciate that, no doubt about it. Soccer Weekly, I'm Dave Denholm, hanging out with you here on the home of world football in Southern California. We march on on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. We roll on to the top of the hour where Mike Trudell will join me for another hour of soccer talk on soccer tonight as we break down the World Cup. Stick with us right here on ESPN LA 710. Got a great tweet in. At the Surreal Roven says, Hey, at Talk Soccer, what group is own goal in? That team is unstoppable. <laughs> Now, I'm sure Dave has heard my uh, rant on own goals, right? Most of them are actually set up by some pretty darn good offense, forcing the defense into those kind of errors. You know, look, own goals happen. It's just the nature of the beast. We're, we happen to be getting a uh, uh, just a, a mad dispersal of them during this World Cup. And, of course, we saw one in the Mexico debacle against Sweden. So, but pretty fun. Excuse me. Well, excuse me. Pretty funny. I'm getting hiccups now. Getting too excited. I shouldn't laugh that hard at a joke. But that was very good from Dave. I appreciate that at the Surreal Roven. Uh, at Juice County R8R says, I agree with you on L3. Don't know why Osorio changed the style of play today. They need to play like they did shading Germany to have a chance against Brazil. Personally think he needed to take Chicharito out and bring in Jimenez 
Ticketito uh, needs more playing time as well, according to Juice. And uh, yeah, Juice, good stuff there. Yeah, I can't uh, I can't argue with a lot of that. That's a lot of the things we were talking about with uh, L Tree in this performance that was just dismal. Get it out of your system, though. They still deserve to move on, right? Mexico only advanced because of South Korea. That's a false statement. That's wrong. There are three games in the group stage. They all count equally. Otherwise, South Korea would be moving on. And they were done. It's just not the way it works. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, or hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. It's time now for the Black and Gold Breakdown here. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Right now. Black and Gold Breakdown here uh, on Soccer Weekly, LAFC. Another win during World Cup time. That is massive. If you think about all that we kept talking about, first in the preseason was the six-game road trip, right, to start the season. And that was going to be difficult. Then they won four out of six and looked darn good doing it. So that was a big mountain to climb. Then everybody started thinking, well, you know, look, they've got a lot of uh, talent, but they're going to be losing a lot of talent during the World Cup. Omar Gabber. Marco Arrhenia, we knew the names. Maybe Laurel Simon. Well, turns out Simon didn't quite make it. Carlos Vela, of course, big loss. Uh, they're doing all right. Since losing those players, right, and all those players moving on, yeah, a couple of wins in MLS, a couple of wins in the Open Cup. Everything's looking all right. Not too bad. Now another game on Saturday. Don't get me wrong. You're going to miss these guys. You're certainly missing Carlos Vela anytime he's gone. The guy's dramatically, but to do what the LAFC has done in these kind of trying times is very impressive. Let's face it. Again, six game road trip to start the season. They win four out of six. Now the time with LAFC with these players leaving for the World Cup. Well, so far so good, right? I mean, a couple of wins in a row. They're turning it, you know, making it turning in the right direction. That's all you can ask for. That's, a, that's exactly what you want to see out of this team. And now, Oh, by the way, in just a few days, they're going to be adding more talent as they get ready to take on Philadelphia Union. That's on Saturday, Bank of California Stadium. I mentioned it. You can hear it right here. I'll be on the play-by-play call here on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app, 430 Pacific for the pregame. Now they enter Andre Horta to the to the picture, the Portuguese young international, the youth international, what, 21 years old? Unbelievable. And he has the skill and the vision to go right into that that midfield. The guy likes to pass. He doesn't love to score. He's not going to score buckets of goals. He can score. He's not afraid to, especially for the under-21s for Portugal. But he loves to set up people. And look at the talent LAFC is amassing. We've seen what Adama Diamande's done in a short time frame, right? Scoring goals for fun. They've added him to the roster since the beginning of the season. Now Andre Horta comes in. He can start practicing on July 1st. He enters on the window July 10th. And I want to talk to uh, Mario Rees. Mario and I had a chance to actually be at the press conference when they introduced Andre Horta before the last game. Then we talked to him for uh, for ourselves, for the pregame show. Uh, I had a chance to sit down with him, and Mario and I got a chance to go one-on-one with him. Mario, this is a guy who comes in who can bring a lot of flash. He 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 definitely oh, yeah. ha- he has that LAFC thing about him already. Yeah, right? he definitely got the looks. He definitely got a, uh, a great smile. He's got oh. gray hair. He's going to fit right in here in L.A. 
Yeah, I don't know why a, he's so nervous though about speaking English. His English, his English is very, very good. Certainly, uh, obviously, speaks Portuguese. You know, that's his native tongue, and I believe he speaks Spanish very well. He's more like in terms of comfort level. Yeah, he asked me if you if we could do the uh, interview in Spanish. And Spanish. I said, no, and this said, is in English. <laughs> Mario said no English, and the poor kid was like, "Oh no, you know, like uh, he's just not comfortable." But you're right; he was perfectly fine. I mean, you know, his English was fine. It's uh-huh. just a matter of him getting that comfort level. He doesn't have any problem getting the comfort level on the pitch, though. Right, and he has a lot of confidence as a player. Yeah, I LAFC love. has a lot of depth now. I mean, when when they get everybody back from the World Cup, boy, they do. Uh, when Horta gets going, they've got some depth. Man, and Horta's expected to get a lot of playing time, right? He's the third DP, so you can't just put him on the bench. I mean, no, he's a some young PT. DP. You're right. He's making a lot of money. He's they paid a lot of money for him. Bottom line, and that stuff does matter. I mean, that has to be a factor. I don't think you have to rush him into the lineup because of that, though, Mario. Right. You know, I, I don't think necessarily you're looking to just force him into the lineup for the Sunday game, let's say, against Portland, which would be the first one he's available. Maybe you play him in that U.S. Open Cup game on Wednesday against Portland. It's a Sunday, July 15th. Then they play Portland again at home, both games at home against yeah. the same team. Maybe you put him in that Open Cup game. That's a good idea. You let him get minutes. acclimated in that game. Yeah. yeah, even if it's not as a starter. Maybe he gets forty, or, you know, 35 minutes in the second half. Or if you want to start him, maybe he plays 60 minutes. Right out of the jump. Ease him in there, yep. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the place. You know, maybe you have him on the bench on the Sunday game. I guess you could maybe, you know, put him in a little bit. But, again, you don't want to rush that either. Not only that, it's like, who are you replacing right now? Things are going well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's got to earn his way into it on some level. That doesn't Again, that doesn't mean he's not going to get a lot of playing time. This guy is good, and they bought him for the reason to play him, no doubt. Yeah, and Lee Wynn just had a great game, uh, his I last know. game with LAFC. He's and... starting to click with Diamande. Yep. He's starting to click with, with Rossi. Uh, Lee Wynn's looking a lot more comfortable. You know, not that he ever was, you know, not that we ever figured it would take that long because Lee Wynn is just a great professional, and he's done it for a number of years in MLS. But Mario, you're right. It's, now it's like, well, you know, Carlos Vela didn't lose his spot. He's going right back in when he comes back. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting. And again, there's a long jam of games coming up, the log jam of games. So there'll be plenty of opportunities. But I think you just, you do want to ease Andre Horta in a little bit into that. And, and as we wrap up, uh, black and gold breakdown. Thanks, Mario. A reminder, Laurent Simon and Carlos Vela were selected to the fans MLS All-Star 11. So congratulations to them. They're going to be playing Juventus, of course, the Italian Giants in the MLS All-Star Game August 1st. That's in Atlanta. And by the way, I think Atlanta had something like six players in the starting 11, which, fair enough, they are the best team in MLS. So on some level, it wasn't like any of those players didn't deserve it. But it was a, certainly a Atlanta United FC-laden All-Star team. Oh, by the way, with a couple of LAFC players there in the starting 11, so not too shabby. Simon, of course, scoring another free kick in that win against Columbus over the weekend. You heard it right here on ESPN LA. So, I mean, he's just fully deserving, as, of course, is Vela, who's just been special. That is your black and gold breakdown. We have been breaking down a lot of the action of the World Cup. Don't forget, we're coming back at the top of the hour with uh, Mike Trudell, soccer tonight. I want to go to Sergio in L.A., who's next up on the phones at 877-710-ESPN. Welcome, Sergio, to Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on? How's it going, man? Uh, just a quick question. Don't you think that uh, maybe Osorio could have uh, gone in with uh, maybe a different formation since uh, he did go in uh, two games, same squad, and by now... Maybe Sweden probably have already, you know, figured them out. No, I understand what you're saying there. I understand maybe, 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 uh, you know, mixing up the personnel a little bit and maybe tweaking the formation. But I mean, from going from 
the, really a three-man back line, essentially to a four-man. It just it, it stranded the offense. You know what I mean? Like I can understand yeah. maybe maybe you sit a couple of guys on yellows, or maybe even take a chance tweaking a little bit. But I thought I thought it was a little too far. And what it did is it just totally threw the balance of El Tree off. They had no balance offensively. Carlos Vela, who had a couple of nice moves, a couple of reasonable shots, he had one shot that was blocked. Oh, that thing looked like yeah. one of those LAFC specials that he does with the left foot. And okay. the Swedish defender got right, I mean, really had to make a great play on it and did. But Sergio, I thought it was a little too much. You know what I mean? And, and in fairness, yeah. a lot of guys didn't play very well, too. I mean, it's not just all on one Carlos Osorio. Laun was lost. Guardado looked terrible. And those aren't the yeah, only that... two. But, you know, I and mean, that... go with what got you there. You know what I mean? Go back to it, Carlos. Yeah. At least I hope Sergio rather they learn. I hope Sergio they learn that lesson and go back to it and just go fight Brazil. You know, mano a mano. Let's go and see what happens. True. Yeah. And also, I mean, I just think that uh, me as a Mexican fan, I just think that maybe like you is just taking up a, a a right wing spot that maybe Tecatito could be filling in. I like that. Uh, hey. I got no problem with that. I really don't. I just think Leon has just been run by too often, and he he's look he he had chances, and certainly he didn't have a bad game against Germany by any means, but he missed his chances, you know. And at some point, yeah, Tito can certainly he's perfectly fine alternative. I think he's fantastic. Why not take the shot? Uh, look, Leon at times looks world class, but the problem is it, it just doesn't happen enough, and there's too many times that he looks like he. Quite frankly, can't cut it, you know, at, at that level. So, I mean, you're you're balancing the good with the bad. I just think the good has been outweighed by the bad too much. Take a shot with that. I don't hate that at all, Sergio. Thank you so much for the phone call. Really appreciate it. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. Or hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. We roll on. This is Soccer Weekly. We still got stoppage time. The single greatest segment of the show coming up. And news out of MLS. That big signing we've been hearing about for months, quite literally, it looks like it's going to happen, according to the Washington Post and Sky Sports. We'll have that coming up next. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Beautiful night of soccer here on ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Weekly. We roll up to the top of the hour, and then it's soccer tonight for another full hour with Mike Trudell and I as we hang out with you every Monday through Friday here talking World Cup on soccer tonight here on ESPN LA 710. Don't forget LAFC next game here on ESPN LA and the ESPN app coming up Saturday, 4.30 p.m. for the pregame. That's against Philadelphia Union as LAFC looking for another win here during this World Cup stretch where we were all a little worried about players leaving for. Well, so far so good for Bob Bradley's side. LAFC doing a bit, doing their business there near the top of the Western Conference. So you got to love that. Uh, what I do love about the uh, the beautiful game is this World Cup. Look, this World Cup's getting better and better every day, right? Only one nil-nil draw. That was that drab Denmark-France mess when both teams really knew they were they were they already knew they were going through. Essentially, there was very little danger of that unless Denmark just got rolled by Argen- uh, by uh, France and Peru. You know, would have lost to Australia. But we, you know, figured that didn't happen. So Denmark and France kind of play that bad, bad game there. Hey, don't forget, Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. Do yourself a favor. Go there. When you buy your next Toyota, do it at Puente Hills Toyota and tell them 
that Dave and uh, Mario and everybody at Soccer Weekly sent you. We would appreciate that. They are fans of Soccer Weekly and the beautiful game, truly. I want to know, though, as we look at uh, tomorrow's matchups in the World Cup, and, of course, we'll be breaking this down. I'll be asking Mike Trudell coming up, soccer tonight. I want to know really what people think about this Group H. To me, the Group H has just been really perfection on some level. I know Poland, it would have been better maybe if Poland had squeaked out, you know, a draw somewhere at least to stay alive. But, oh, this group is just so balanced and so tricky. Now, Poland, again, really just absolutely dropped the ball, don't get me wrong, especially in that second game. But Colombia, Senegal, Japan, with everything to play for, this is a fantastic group because we just didn't know for sure coming into this thing. And that's what makes it so special. I've been having a lot of fun trying to break down that group. Believe me, it's given me some headaches, which, you know, I kind of love. Because, again, it's it, that's the beauty of the World Cup. We've been saying it time and time again. It's not about the favorites all the time. You cannot just assume everything goes to script. That's just not how sports are. And the thing is, you know that coming in, it's really up to us to try to find out which ones aren't going to work. We know all the favorites aren't going to get through. We know somebody's going to flop. Germany. you got to figure that out. It's beautiful. After the Brazil 1-1 with Switzerland, everybody's like, well, boy, Brazil doesn't look too good. Well, Switzerland's darn good. Right? I mean, it, this stuff, it, oh, boy, you know, Spain and Portugal, they, they're they going to dominate Iran and Morocco. Really? I mean, they got through. Full credit to them. And dominate. Iran and Morocco proved to be pretty darn good teams. Two of the better teams that aren't getting through. Peru. Oh, they yeah, look out. They can't score for the first two games. You're going home. Even as good, quote-unquote, as they played. And Croatia. The stories are just endless. You know, you know them. That's what makes this thing magical. Uh, by the way, I am such a geek that I went back and checked out the NFL schedule for last season, the regular season. I checked the entire schedule, game by game, and there's been a one nil nil in the World Cup so far. Well, in a lot more games, mind you, but it is football and things, you know. I took out all the field goals and there were two NFL games total that did not have a touchdown in them in the regular season last year. Two. Now there's some games that look like that, like a, a six to three final, or actually was a touchdown and a missed extra point. There was a couple of those. So if you just at first glance you would have thought, but no, I went and studied it, and there were actually two NFL games out of 256 that did not have a touchdown. Just for some comparison, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because we always hear how the you know soccer so boring, so low scoring. Well, you know, nil nil doesn't happen as often as you think. Bottom line. And that's what makes a goal. The fact that every game is not 8-7 to seven is what makes goals so beautiful. Each and every one of them. Like we saw here on, the, on this day, that's a Brazil performance, top quality. We'll be breaking that down further. But you got to give some credit, too. As we've been talking L3 and what a mess they were, changing up format, you know, tactics, changing up the formation. Maybe they didn't get it right. Certainly didn't play well all over the pitch. But you got to give a lot of credit to Sweden as well. I mean, part of it is Sweden was darn good, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes. 
And uh, hey, we continue the conversation again at the top of the hour on soccer tonight. You can always continue it with me at Talk Soccer on Twitter. It is time now for one of our favorite segments, and it's certainly the most popular segment of the show each and every week here on Soccer Weekly. It is Stoppage Time. Stoppage time, of course, brought to you each and every week by Puente Hill Chevy. Find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the 60 freeway in the city of industry, the San Gabriel Valley Chevy store, Se habla Espanol. Coming here to host soccer uh, stoppage time, as he does each and every week, is the producer of Soccer Weekly, the great Mario Rees. Mario. Dave, the gratitude is nonstop between the Mexican <laughs> fans to the Korean fans. I mean, even uh, Mexican airline Auto Mexico sent out a tweet, and I'm going to translate this. Uh, the tweet says, Te amamos Corea. We love you, Korea. Yeah. <laughs> nuestros velos, nuestros velos de México a Corea tienen 20% de descuento. Our flights from Mexico to Korea have 20% off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is fantastic. Look, here's the thing about that, Mario. That's a great story. We saw some of that. Did you see the stories about uh, the uh, Mexicans uh, celebrating in front of the Korean embassy in Mexico oh, yeah. City, I think it was? And, yeah, yeah, they like, mobbed the embassy in Mexico City. That's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Here's the thing, though. Like, I hate to play like kind of you know Debbie Downer a little bit, but it appears to me that El Tree over the last several years has been relying a little too much on other countries to do their uh, bidding. Remember uh, 2014 World Cup qualifying with right. Graham Zussi, yes, of having a, you know Saint Graham or whatever Saint Zussi that he ended up having to save save El Tree. Maybe it's time for El Tree to do their own business here a little bit, right? right? Yeah, and that course. that starts with the Brazil game. Go out there and play. Mario, what did you think of the tactics in this one with JCO? And, why and mess how- with the tactics? I mean, I don't understand that. If everything was going so well, why would you mess with that? But that being said, I'm not scared of Brazil. No. I think we go in there with mentality of going in there, killer instinct, hungry, uh, just going out there for the win, and you got a different Mexico than what you saw today. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, generally speaking. I don't think there's any fear of, of, of Brazil by Mexico, uh, frankly. Frankly, it would have been just as tough to play Switzerland. Let's be realistic. In my, you know, I mean, just go out and play. Right. Just go and, out you know, there and, and go see for what the happens. Win. Absolutely. Great stuff. Time. All right. So Wayne Rooney is finally set to sign with DC United later this week. That's what the rumors are, Dave. Wow. Yeah. I believe Washington Post had a story on that, and uh, Sky Sports was reporting that. So very reputable sources. It's done, it looks like. Boy, Mario, I you know we talked about this before. I think this is a good signing. I mean, is he older? Yes, he was the leading scorer of the eighth best team in the Premier League. Don't give me this MLS as a retirement league bull. For one thing, Arsenal just signed Stefan Licksteiner, the right back from Switzerland, who's playing well in the World Cup, who's going to have to miss the game because of a yellow card coming up. He's played. He's thirty four. So, I mean, what is it? Is the EPL now a retirement league because they signed Stefan Licksteiner? Well, no, no one would tell you that. Wayne Rooney had uh, 10 goals for the eighth best team in the Premier League. He'll be fine. And more importantly, DC United will sell tickets and jerseys. That is a huge factor for a team that's about to open a stadium mid-season. But you know, a lot of fans, they want, they want that young South American, kind of like what uh, Atlanta just did. Atlanta just added their Argentine midfielder. Okay. Well, um, 20, 23 year old Eric Remedy. Uh, DC has done that too in yeah. the past. But I mean, Wayne Rooney's a special character. Hey, we're special here 
on Soccer Weekly. Mario Rees, thanks so much. Stoppage time, as always. Thanks so much to the great Michael Funches and Mario. They are the two coolest men in radio. Coming up, it's soccer tonight. Mike Trudell and I continue the conversation on the World Cup right here on ESPN LA 710.